1: So, you know, there are some days where big stories kind of land on everyone's plate. I would say that Tuesday was one of those days. So, you know, practice is over. We'll get into practice. Super hot. Todd Bowles kind of got on Well, he did get on his team pretty good. Talked to Leonard Fournette. All that coming up. But the big story was dropped by the NFL sometime after afternoon. When they issued a release about a six-month investigation into the Miami Dolphins for tampering. And also, to a lesser degree, uh, they investigated whether or not they had thrown games, which they found them not to have done, um, but did talk about prioritizing draft picks over victories. Let's get back to the original lead that I just buried. Not once, but twice, did the Miami Dolphins tamper with teams, the Patriots and then the Bucks, trying to get Tom Brady. This, this story has been out here. Mike Florio, all credit deserved. Uh, a lot of people jumped on him quite a bit when, when he started reporting this months ago. And we know, you know, what a sort of a, a crazy retirement. 40 days later, unretirement, you know, all those things that kind of transpired, the, the stories about Miami, was he going to be a part owner? Was he going to be a quarterback? Turns out all of it's true. All those discussions occurred. And it's shocking just, you know, the amount of sort of detail that they had and the conversations that have occurred going back as far as 2019 when Brady was with the Patriots. And last December, while Tom Brady is trying to lead the Bucks to a defense of their Super Bowl title, he was having secret discussions about becoming a minority owner and possibly the quarterback for the Dolphins in 2022, according to the findings in the investigation by the NFL. Roger Goodell... The NFL commissioner, in talking about them finding tampering violations, he said it was of an unprecedented scope and severity. He said, I know no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition on tampering with both the head coach and star player to the potential detriment of multiple other clubs over a period of several years. Similarly, I know of no prior instance in which ownership was so directly involved in those violations i think we know now why tom brady wasn't in a great mood the other day Derek. (laughs) i mean you think maybe he got a heads up that some of this was going to come down the pipe um man i mean it listen this makes you think about a lot of things and i'm going to get into maybe why we shouldn't be so hard on brady in just a second um, but here's the punishment for the Dolphins. They'll lose their first-round pick in 2023 and a third-round pick in 2024. That's In, in a world of parity for the NFL and competitive balance, that's a very big deal. really is. Stephen Ross, their owner, is suspended. I didn't get this. Until October 17th, he's banned from all league committees, and he's fined $1.5 million, which is nothing to him. In addition, Bruce Beal, who we're gonna talk about, he's the Dolphins vice president and limited partner and a friend of Brady's, he was fined half a million dollars and can't attend any league meeting for the remainder of the year. Here's the catch. Beal, he's on the board of tv 12 And that's Brady's health and fitness company with Alex Guerrero, yeah. So, um, And this was a good question people were asking. Does Brady get in trouble for this? Like you're, you know, if you're taking the calls and having discussions about jumping teams while you're still under contract, the answer is no. There's no penalty for Brady for the Dolphins tampering with him while he was under contract with the Patriots or the Bucks. Now this, this all came to light in and oh, by the way, let's not give the NFL a hall pass here. <laughs> they dumped this the day after the Deshaun Watson suspension. You think maybe they wanted a different talking points out there (laughs) instead of Deshaun Watson? Because Roger Goodell has a decision to make by, I think, 9 a.m. on Thursday. And that is whether to accept the six-game suspension uh, from Sue Robinson, who did the investigating, uh, or or to push for more. And Watson's now on the back page because this is front-page stuff. And also so go
0: to your go to your theory of Brady, maybe knowing something in advance, because it sounds like the, the announcement could have been made in advance. waited until after Deshaun okay. Watson. That makes a lot of sense, actually.
1: Right. I mean, listen, nobody. These things are these decisions are not made in a vacuum. I mean, they, they you know, it's not like, hey, we done with that today. OK, well, let's announce it then. Uh, chances are both these investigations were wrapped up about the same time and they chose to dump Watson first. And follow it up with the Dolphins, and that got Watson off the hook for a little bit. And the league's decision, which is still is still impending, we're still waiting for it, um, at least as we as we do this podcast. So it was a six month investigation, tampering charges, uh, by the NFL, uh, led by a former U.S. Attorney and SEC Chair Mary Jo White and her team of lawyers. <laughs> um, so among the findings. As I mentioned, the two attempts from the Dolphins to try to tamper with Brady in hopes of convincing him to play there. Um, the first, what they called impermissible communications, came in 2019 and 20 when Brady was still with the Patriots. Remember, he's going to become a free agent. Oh, by the way, the Bucks had an interest in Brady. And at some point, once the legal tampering period began, contacted Donald Yee about that. We're not to believe that the Bucks would do anything you know, prior to him becoming a free agent. Um, But those talks in 2019 and 20 began in August, before the season, before Brady's last season, and they continued throughout the 2019 season and postseason. Remember, Brady's last game in New England was against Tennessee through the pick six, and that was the last time anybody saw him. Well, the Dolphins were talking to him then. He wound up, as we know, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for reasons I suppose only he can answer. Um, I think at the time he would tell you, well, that was the best team I could find. Wanted to be on the East Coast. The Dolphins are on the East Coast. I mean, first of all, can you imagine? Here's Stephen Ross, who, by the way, not coincidentally, the biggest Michigan booster, as you know, because you follow college sports, um, alive, right, is Stephen Ross. So, obviously, he's had a relationship with Brady. Um, and he's gotten his brains beat out by this guy since he's owned a team and even before that when Tom Brady was in New England every year they're winning the AFC East. So here's the one chance for Brady to become a free agent. Stephen Ross is all over. (laughs) You know, he can't wait. He has to get in line first. And so they tamper with the New England Patriots. Um, According to the the investigation, there were numerous and detailed discussions. And these were conducted by Beal, who, again, Brady's board member of TB12. So they, these guys have a relationship, and then Beal would keep Ross and other Dolphins executives informed on his talks with Brady, according to the league. Then, once again, no later than December, possibly earlier than December, but no later than December of 2021, last December, when the Bucks are trying to make that run, get the number one seed, um, enter the playoffs, all of that. Wow. While he was playing for the Bucks. The Dolphins again had impermissible communications with Brady and his agent Don Yee. And the league said that um, it was about Brady maybe becoming a limited partner in ownership with the Dolphins and possibly a football executive, think John Elway, um, general manager type, but also included the possibility of him playing for the Dolphins. And both Ross and Beale participated in those talks so here he is sometime in december and he's and he's already being solicited and tampered with about what are your plans now brady's under contract by the way not just in december but also the bucks are going to own his rights in the offseason because they have oh. added some voidable years so anything that brady were to decide right he'd have to cut the cord with the bucks first you mean like retire yeah Wow. Give the man a star. You're exactly right. Like, retire, shockingly, right? Like, on February 1st, maybe, for example. Oh, man. And we know how clumsy that was. Now, how did the news roll out that he was going to retire? And why would you retire when you've just led the NFL in passing? Oh, it was time. I got to spend more time with my family. Or... And these are what the conspiracy conspiracy theorists will will say, of which I'm not trying to be one. I'm just trying to give you the background here. They'll say, Brady needed to extract himself from that football team so he could go to another football team. And what's the best way to do that? Oh, I'm retired. Well, you know who else retired? Eventually, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is part of this story. The Saints head coach also had illegal contact or impermissible contact, with Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins prior to him resigning. And he did eventually resign, and the Dolphins did eventually ask for permission, after they'd already tampered with him, to interview him. And the Saints said no, because the Saints own his rights, even though he retired. The biggest thing that I can, we can all think about that, that happened, that, that put this whole thing out of motion, that, that put, stopped it in its tracks was this, Brian Flores. Talk about bad timing. Okay. We know how clumsy the Brady retirement announcement was. First, it was Jason Lent for on a Friday, 20 hours went by. Then it was Adam, according to my sources, 10 Brady's going to retire. Then it was official, right? Him, Jeff Darlington. Then another 48 hours went by. He does his podcast on Monday. Oh, I'm still trying to make consider what I'm going to do. You know, I haven't made a decision. By Tuesday morning, he's got an eight-page, you know, goodbye speech on his Instagram. On that very day, February 1st, Brady retires. You know what else happened? Brian Flores filed a lawsuit against the Dolphins and two other teams alleging racism in their hiring practices and guess what he had receipts about them trying to tamper with Tom Brady he would so, have those
0: those receipts yes Yikes. he
1: would of course he would because he was the head coach at the time wow when they were pursuing him both in New England and while he was with Tampa. So at that point it's kind of hard. If you've got a head coach who's saying you know what I've interviewed for several jobs and I've been kind of the token Rooney Rule guy when teams had already made up their minds. How then would it look for the Dolphins to hire Sean Payton and have that deal in place before they interview anybody? Mmm, kind of guilty there, huh? So Payton can't go to the Miami Dolphins. Brady can't go to the Miami Dolphins, and Brady's retired. What does he do now? He waits forty days. And if he wants to play football, the Bucks played this right. So we're at the Combine in Indianapolis. Bruce Arians is asked a simple question. Brady hasn't announced that he's coming back yet. He did that on the eve of free agency in March. We're in Indianapolis, and we asked Bruce, would you consider trading the rights to Tom Brady? You know, much like the Patriots did when they traded the rights to Rob Gronkowski. They didn't hold him up. They owned his rights. He had retired. He wanted to play in Tampa. They worked something out. Seventh round for a sixth rounder, that kind of thing. Arian says emphatically, nope, that would be bad business. Oh. <laughs> the greatest quarterback of all time won you a Super Bowl. If he wanted to go somewhere else, are you really going to hold this guy up? And he said, yeah, uh, not going to trade his rights. He said, maybe for five number one picks. So... <laughs> You know, you got to believe that at that point, Brady realizes they're not letting me out of Tampa. Wow. It's just not going to happen. And Brady knew that the Bucs at some point, and had already begun doing this, had to go down the road of thinking, who's our next quarterback? We have to assume he's retired. We can't, you know, there's no guarantee. Yeah, the lines of communication are open or whatever that was worth. But there's no guarantee that he's going to play again. So they made a list of free agent quarterbacks, right? And they started thinking about who they might pursue. Had the Bucks gone out right away and signed somebody of ilk, whoever that might have been, Baker, Maeve, I don't know, whoever, whoever it would have been, then had Brady then said, you know what, I'm coming back, I want to play, the Bucks would have already made compensation in terms of draft picks, maybe paid a bunch of money. They'd have had their quarterback, and at that point, they're more likely to let him go. <laughs> Right, because they've already invested in somebody else, probably somebody younger, somebody they might think would have a future with them. The Bucs didn't do that, though. They didn't sign a free agent quarterback. They were sort of committed to going with Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask and letting them fight it out. Remember, Arians was going to coach that team because he didn't want to hand that team off to Todd Bowles. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, What a, you know, what's the old saying? What a uh, tangle web we weed when we attempt to deceive. There is a lot of things here and tentacles here that need to be unraveled. And, you know, we may not, we may not ever learn all of the truth. um, But we know a lot of it and we can piece together most of it. And what you're left with is, how much did Brady want to play in Tampa? You know, I was
0: thinking it, and you just said it. Uh, <laughs> first of all, before we get to that part of it, which is more than a little interesting, um, yeah, I guess you had your chance to talk to Tom a couple of days ago, and uh, yeah. when do you think the next one's gonna be? I would, yeah, well, it won't be tomorrow. <laughs> 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 I would say, do you think the week of to... the
1: first game against Dallas is my mm-hmm. prediction? Mm-hmm. That's because what I figured, and it's by NFL to... rule, they have to make the quarterback available, right? Um. So yeah, I I don't I don't see him coming out anytime soon and saying, you know, guys, I thought I would set the record straight. Uh, hey, and really. your
0: your theory that you explained to me on yesterday's show about how he can really talk for a while without actually saying anything yeah. will be really tested. At oh, it next, will be. And that next situation.
1: Yes. Uh, but yes, he will not answer many questions and do it in lengthy answers.
0: So, are you saying uh, or suggesting that it's possible that? Uh, you mentioned the Bucks had his rights and essentially the Dolphins tried to get something done, tried to talk them out of it. And that's the Buccaneers essentially the only hold up to what could have happened or what Brady maybe wanted to happen. Potentially.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think the Bucs played it the right way. Um, and look, I, I allow for the fact that they continued to talk to him, that they have good relationships with Jason Light and Tom talk often, even during his retirement. A lot of people weren't convinced that Tom was really retired because he had played so well and it just was so clumsy in the rollout that, you know, but we sat here and watched his career obituary, right? They ran the videos, they had the farewells from everybody. um, And then all of a sudden, you know, the coffin opened and and out popped his career again. Um, So, you know, they kind of had to take him at his word, but by the same time saying, Yeah, you know, I don't know that we're going to go full steam ahead and start signing free agent quarterbacks to come in here and compete with Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. So they played it the right way. And in fact, when it got to the point where, well, if you're going to play, you have to play here. Brady made sure that he made that announcement on the eve of free agency. So all the free agents could come back, starting with, you guessed it, Ryan Jensen, just hours after he announced his return. Ryan Jensen is signed to a three-year contract, unfortunately for Tom. On the second day or so of training camp, Ryan Jensen suffers a, you know, significant knee injury that we're still waiting to hear about what we think is probably going to be season-ending. Um, you combine all of that with wow, what a what a bummer of an offseason it's been sort of for Tom. We got more on Tom Brady, but first I want you guys to know that I was walking on the sun on Tuesday. It was 101 heat index. The flag, the big flag out there was not moving. I was so grateful to come home to my air-conditioned home. I am not looking forward to my electric bill. Um, It's running 24-7, and we got a way for you to save money on your electric bill. It's May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating um, solar electric systems for 12 years and installing them. There's all these fly-by-night companies that are doing this, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's the thing. They guarantee their their workmanship. They have a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. Right there, that's the May difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products, and they conduct on-site testing, so you can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know... Exactly, who is doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long, preserve your quality of life, and preserve your appliances as well. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, now I'm going to play a little defense for Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Because I I feel like I've been heavy handed here, right? Because ultimately, Tom Brady has not said what Tom Brady was trying to do, if anything. Okay. Look, the Bucs aren't commenting on this story. Tom Brady's not commenting on it, wasn't available to comment on this story. I haven't seen him post anything. Um, I talked to Don Yee. He declined comment on this story. I've known, by the way, I've known Don Yee since 90. Don Yee was right out of the box, new agent, and it, one of his first major clients was a guy named Charles McCray, who was the first pick of the Bucks from Tennessee, an offensive lineman who wasn't very good, We got paid a ton of money back then because they didn't have a rookie salary pool, and Don Yee was his agent, and so I got to know him that far back. Somehow along the way, he signed this you know, sixth-round pick, 199, from Michigan named Tom Brady, and he also, by the way, has Sean Payton, as I said, the same agent. Don Yee has Sean Payton and Tom Brady, and those two were both trying to head to Miami to be together, either as a you know, minority owner, maybe a personnel guy my, my minority owner, and more importantly, maybe a quarterback and a head coach. So, but think about this for a minute, because I think it's important. Tom Brady, I would say maybe short of LeBron James or in that company in Tiger Woods, right, is the most recognizable and perhaps famous athlete that we have in this country right now, right? Um, and he's a businessman and he's got lots of businesses. He's got a production company. He's got Shadow Line that does all social media. Uh, you know, he's got the Brady clothing line. He's got TB12, which is a massive um, health and fitness industry that's um, got a bunch of locations around the country. And he's, and he's in the, you know, all kinds of crypto and you know, different um, sort of new businesses and things. We know he does commercials, we know he does movies. Can you imagine the amount of opportunity that comes to Tom Brady, right? Either through his business partners, through his agent. Um, I mean, Fox, for example, signed him to a $375 million contract Whenever he's done playing, those talks had to happen at some level some time ago. So when you're Tom Brady, you don't have to, you know, call around to see what's out there. They're calling you 24 seven, or your agent, or your representatives. And so, if if Brady has a conversation with anyone, okay, chances are. many of those end up with, hey, I got this idea, right? Or you think you'd be interested in this because, again, who doesn't want Tom Brady representing him in some form or fashion? So when you have a guy like Bruce Beale, who is a friend of Brady's and on the board of TB12, if the phone rings I don't think the phone rings anymore. They buzz, whatever they do. If Bruce Beal's name comes up on Brady's phone, is he taking the call? Or is he saying, wait a minute, this is a minority of the Dolphins. He might be tampering. Of course he's taking the call. And he has every reason to. Because that might not be what the conversation is. It might be about his own business. Or some other opportunity in business. So, that's why you can't you know, there's no punishment to Brady or any player who's on the other side of tampering. And the league set that precedent today, by the way. Because now, if any player is tampered with, he can't be punished, no matter what his involvement is. I don't think Tom Brady wasn't punished. And, and nor am I suggesting he should have been. Because again, there is no crime or violation of NFL rules for answering a telephone. Now, to what length he participated, tried to otherwise, you know, violated his contract, none of that seems to apply. So there's that, okay? The same is true with Donald Yee. Donald Yee is an agent, (laughs) and he represents not just Peyton, Sean Peyton, and Brady, but other clients as well. So if any of the 32 teams call him, is he not taking the call? Is he not picking up the phone? So of course he is. So the Dolphins call. It says, you know, Donnie was involved in discussions with the Dolphins and Ross and Beal about Brady going to Miami. Doesn't mean that he encouraged it. Doesn't mean he participated other than to say, are you out of your mind? Can't do that. We can't talk to you about that. Who knows what his reaction was because, again, he's not commenting. He declined comment. The NFL knows because they've interviewed all these people in a six-month investigation. And all of them eventually told the same story, which was, yeah, we had conversations about this. Yeah, we had conversations about that. But they're just conversations. And who, they, who initiated them? Steven Ross and Beale the minority owner, for uh, the Dolphins. But it does, you know, the larger thing is, Derek, I I think it does sort of, I mean, on the one hand, Bucks fans, and the Bucs in general, but their fans in particular, are the beneficiaries of this scheme or idea that did not come to pass because of Brian Flores. And they owe Brian Flores credit for the timing of filing this lawsuit, which I think effectively blew up any plans that the Dolphins had. And the, rea- the the reality is you got Brady back. Got him back for another year. So um, it always seemed like a strange sequence of events. Didn't it? And
0: now. Kind of makes sense now, right? Oh, man. My most interesting question is, you know, I don't think fans or any fan would say they, quote unquote, don't care about this story because I don't think it's going to change. I don't think there's going to be Buccaneer fans going, you know what? We don't want him. We want Kyle Trask, and I'm fine with that. (laughs) But uh, does does it really change your opinion of him uh, as far as the Bucks? Not not as far as what kind of a player is, but as far as his stint with the Bucks. Knowing all this, I I don't know. It'll be be interesting to see what the reaction is.
1: I mean, there's going to be these analogies, and I'll start it because I know they're going to come. (laughs) Because you know, anytime I listen to NFL Network, you you get these with Kyle Brent and others. But it's kind of like, dude had a girlfriend was going to leave his wife and kids, thought they were going to get married, found out that wasn't happening, and then had to go back. And he's miserable, but somebody's got to pay the bills. He ran out of money. He lost the apartment. Wife took him back. She's happy to have him. But at the end of the day, is he really where he wants to be? So that's what I keep coming back to. You know, This is where he had to play. If he was going to play, it had to be at Tampa Bay. Now, they built a hell of a team. Jason Light, the talent on this team is undeniable. A lot of veteran players but some good young core players too. You got guys like Julio Jones and Kyle Rudolph and, you know, um, you know, one after the other joining this ball club because they want to win a ring. You know, Akeem Hicks. I mean, you can go down the line. And Brady has recruited all of them, right? So that and the draft picks that they've had The core of this team, the free agents that came back, they all came back for the same thing. They like the organization, but they want to win a ring with Brady. So you got to give Brady a ton of credit for what they have here in Tampa, even beyond when he leaves, whenever that might be, which would seem to be, by the way, this is his last year in Tampa. Okay, let's just let's (laughs) all agree (laughs) that we're not going to see him back here next year. Well, the way you just explained it pretty much answered my question
0: as far as how the reaction should be. Just be glad you're getting the one more year because you
1: weren't going to. That's that's painfully obvious. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. And and so, you know, enjoy the show, but it, it makes me think. like and, and I know, you know, first of all, Brady doesn't do anything unless it's about winning. He's the ultimate winner. That's all he cares about. He wants to win rings. His next one is his favorite, all that stuff. And I think he approaches every day that way. I mean, he, I think he's fully, look, you can't be, he turns 45 today. 45. Hmm. Um, and you, as hot as it is out there, watching him go through that, um, football is ridiculous grind. And training camp in particular, I mean, there's, there's like, you know, like I said, damn near 40 days before they play a game that counts. That's a long time in this heat to 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 try to come together as a team and you know go through the preseason and the scrimmages and the practices and all of that just to get to one of 17 weeks to see if you can position yourself for a postseason run I mean it's it's a marathon folks and right now they're like they're running 6 minute miles and just warming up they haven't gotten to the starting line yet I mean who runs the mar- who runs an extra 5k before they run the marathon this is what's happening right now in training camp so Brady's going through it, and I think he is committed because that's who he is. He's obsessed. He's obsessively committed, right? Having said that, the first couple of days, he loses his center. Not happy about that. He didn't know what to expect from Robert Hainsey. And he said so the other day. Um, and now this, you know, which I don't know that, I don't know that Bucks fans care. All they care about is that he's their quarterback. But you wonder if they start two and five, two and four. I don't know if that's even possible with Brady, but, you know, look at the schedule, right? Dallas, at, at Dallas, at New Orleans, you come home against Green Bay, you play the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, it's an insane four or five games there. And if he's getting hit a lot... I don't know. I, 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 I think he's he's the ultimate fighter, competitor. I, there's no quitting in the guy. But you just wonder what's going to go through his mind. Um, you know, if this goes bad early, but he's he at some point he's going to be up there, and I don't think he'll address it. He addressed it briefly on the final day of mandatory minicamp. And he just, he kind of said what I just said, which was, hey, look, I get all kinds of opportunities thrown at me. I have lots of conversations. And I wouldn't talk about tampering at that moment, but he basically, you know, was sort of referring specifically to the Miami Dolphins. He's asked a question about his interest in Miami. And without addressing it, he addressed it. And, you know, he just kind of said, look, it happens all the time. I mean, I, you know, somebody wants me to do something all the time and i look at it and the reality is is i'm here now and and i'm just grateful that you know they want me as their quarterback and i'm gonna go out there and try to play a championship level yada yada yada. um but we know it now that it seems as if this was the consolation prize you know you get to go back with the buccaneers if you want to play you got to play there so i don't know it just i think it changes the prism that which Bucs fans and people will look at his time here, right? And don't forget, how much of of, of Arians is, it was a part of this, right? Todd Bowles is the head coach. There's been lots of people, you know, Now I watched their relationship. I thought it was fine. Do I think Tom Brady wants more of a hands-on head coach? I do. Do I think he ordered the code red? No, I don't. Um, however, he's back and Arians is not coaching. So, you know, it, it's just... It was. It's an amazing story. Florio was on all over it. Uh, he took a lot of heat for a long time. He knew what he was talking about, and now um, the the truth is out there. And whether we have Tom ever addresses it, when and if we, you know, we talked to him before the first week of the Dallas game, I don't know. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Well, speaking of uh, taking the heat and uh, the quarterback, I understand that you can fill us in on a little bit of a heat-related incident there at practice on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, you know, um, listen, it's hot everywhere in the country, on the globe, the hottest July that that the planet has uh, observed. Um, and, and it's particularly warm here because there hasn't been any rain and there were almost no clouds. And when you go out there and the big flag is on the pole, that's a bad sign. That's the way it was the other day. And and so, like, you know, Brady was clearly one of the ones that was not digging how hot it was. And at one point during special teams, he just walked off and they have, which I just discovered, a, a cool down tent sort of thing uh, near the, the practice uh, uh, facility near the building. Um, They haven't used the indoor, which, you know, that was the one thing that that B.A., that Bruce Arians did was halfway through practice. He would have the entire team have an opportunity to go inside the indoor and and change their their core temperature, go in there, cool down, uh, obviously get fluids and stuff like that, but actually take them out of the sun. And then they would all come back out as a team after, you know, some 15, 20 minutes, whatever. They haven't done that with Todd Bowles. Like I said, runs a much tougher camp. Wants them to acclimate to the heat, at least early on. And so that's what they've been doing. But Brady, uh, prior to the special teams um, segment of practice, just walked off. Like, I was like, where is he going? Like, he's all by himself. And then the entire offense followed him into this, uh, to this area. So it's really hot. You know, practice, I thought, started well. But apparently, you know, coaches are looking at other things. They're the ones that have the script of plays. They're the ones that know where people are supposed to go. They know the assignments. We don't. We're, we're just watching ball. Apparently, they made a lot of mistakes. You know, as practice went on, the hotter it got, the more guys were overcome by heat. Tristan Wirfs ended up dehydrated. He had to go in. And, you know, guys, second day in pads are tapping out a little bit, but they're tapping out mentally. And so if you were anywhere within a couple hundred yards of that practice field when practice ended, you heard Todd Bowles climb up his player's backside. He was in the middle of that huddle, and he was yelling, And a few words we can't repeat on this podcast. And basically, it was challenges his team for being uh, for for being mentally weak and not being stronger mentally. Like you've got to fight through these days. And yeah, it's going to be hot, and yeah, we're going to be out here dying. But you can't make mental errors as a result of it. Like you still have to do your job. You you got to focus and push through it. Because if you're just out here trying to survive and not executing. The effort was there, but the execution was, not I think that was the thing. And be, and they were making too many mistakes. And and I was taken aback. i have not heard Todd Bowles. Do, I'm sure he did it with his defense. I'm sure it's not the first time that a football coach, right, that's kind of old school, has climbed up his his players' backsides a little bit. But he did. And then I asked him about it after practice, and he, in a very calm manner, said, "Well, you know, I don't I don't think we're doing a good job of being mentally strong uh, with all this heat and stuff." Um, like I said. Uh today is Tom Brady's forty fifth birthday. Happy birthday, Tom. I think the present he's gonna get if he practices at all is it's gonna be indoors. Because they just simply have to get out of this. And um you know, and, and and that's probably the right call by Bowles. But he did challenge them. It was interesting. Um, you know, the way the way he did it. And uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see if they respond uh Leonard Fournette we had a chance to talk to him I was what gonna say
0: it? we're not gonna let you get get away without,
1: <laughs> well, with them well I knew it was up. coming. yeah I knew it was coming and I was kind of hoping I wasn't gonna be there because I was trying to talk to another running back uh, uh at that time um which was uh you know not Leonard Fournette but um I did get back to the uh to the podium area and and they brought in uh what is now He's now referred to as Skinny Lenny. Did he? Um, did they bring him directly up to you? <laughs> no, but he did. He did. You know, he did arrive without his shirt, which I thought that's a good move—show nice. off the physique that you've lost weight, and then sit down and talk to everybody. So we've we've been through all this on a podcast before. You know, seven weeks ago, he didn't go to OTAs. He signs a three-year deal. When he does show up to the mandatory minicamp, he is—promise you—close to two fifty, if not above. He said he was two forty something. I asked the coach if it was two fifty something. He said more. I made a comment on this podcast and a mailbag question that, you know, well, they were unhappy with Lenny. Um it looked like he was about a donut shy at two sixty. Now all of a sudden it became reported that I was saying Lenny was two sixty. Uh, oh, didn't didn't you didn't you call him rotund? I'm just kidding. N- no, just I didn't. Kidding. No. Just Lard kidding. Lenny. No, I didn't call him any <laughs> okay. of those names. So we, we, you know, we had had this conversation um, between Lenny and me about, you know, why I posted. And I said I didn't, and I explained to him the the whole podcast thing, and he repeated that, like, you know, he's he's really had the right attitude about this, you know. And he explained, look, I come from a family of big people, and and, and off season is my time to spend time with kids and family, and you got to do those things. Um, but he's he's going to get back down. He's in the, he's probably around two forty or so right now. Uh, I think he'll play a little under that. But, you know, really, he's a 240-pound running back. That's what he is. And, you know, the problem is is that you need more than one running back these days because in Jacksonville, he's a two-down back. Here he's kind of a three-down back, but you're not going to make it through 17 weeks in a postseason if he's carrying the mail the whole time. So that's why, you know, the Rashad Whites, the rookie um, from Arizona State, um, you know, uh, Giovanni Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn, those guys have to also – play a role and and take some of those reps from lenny but it's a competition and and um you know it's uh you know it's good for him and he's uh he got yelled at by brady one time he told him he had to get more than one yard one more one bleeping yard when they were running short yardage and stuff so it it, you know lenny looks good he's everything's fine i got out of the press conference no problem (laughs) so it was good um and uh yeah so you know we'll We'll see. They'll continue out there and uh, be inside, which is great. I think today we'll probably see them go indoors. They're off on, I want to say, Thursday. Uh, and then they practice uh, through the weekend and off again on Monday. So we're getting close next week. Oh, by the way, coincidentally, they scrimmage the Miami Dolphins next week before mm-hmm. their preseason game here in Tampa Bay. You oh, think man. there'll be some conversations about Tom Brady that week? Tom and the Miami Dolphins?
0: <laughs> and they won't be considered tampering. They'll be actually on the record stations right. And yeah. get ready for the uh, tampering and communication puns and headlines and mm-hmm. captions
1: filled I'm week. sure Tua Tungavaloa might be asked a few questions about Tom Brady joining the, the Miami Dolphins as well. <laughs> he, he might be answering those too. Um, as far as uh, the Rays, we'll wrap it up on this. The, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, of course, uh, let Brett Phillips go. It was a sad day um, for Brett Phillips fans and who's not because he brings so much joy to the game. Certainly he was involved in one of the biggest moments in franchise history in the world series, all of that great attitude, leaving the, leaving the trop the other day, you know, encouraging fans to support the Rays, thanking them, all of that. Um, So he was essentially traded because the Orioles wanted him. And now he's a Baltimore oil, which I think is great for, for, uh, for Brett really that he's still in the game and, really with a team that's in the playoff race. And if
0: I'm not mistaken, the Orioles and the Rays play next week as they well. Do. So <laughs> they do. I'm glad yeah. he, I'm glad he found uh, they found a solution for him on a day where they didn't make any trades. I'm, I know you're going to still have plenty to talk to with Mark talking about yep. maybe he can solve their offense because they lost again on Tuesday to Toronto, two whopping hits, both by Taylor walls, three to one How about that. It's hard How to believe that. that the, you look at the record, and they're of course slipping. They're still five above five hundred. It doesn't feel doesn't feel that well. feels feels like they're back down to five hundred until they get their offense going. I just, there's not much happening there, unfortunately. Three
1: and eight since the All Star break. It's headed the wrong way, and it's got to turn around quickly. And it's got to be with the offense because they're they're getting good pitching performances, but when Taylor Walls is your only two hits, and they didn't get a hit until about the fifth or sixth inning, by the way, um, uh, you know, so. It's it's been this way now for a while, I and mean, they're not scoring any runs, and they just need they need to start winning. I mean, they need to start winning series, they need to start winning games. This is a home stand that they got, um, you know, got beat up on, and and, and yeah, it's just it's not good. And of course, Toronto, uh, very much uh, in the wild card with the first wild card spot, I believe, uh, behind you know the Yankees who are winning the AL East. So they could drop out of this thing if if they're not careful. So they need to turn it around quickly. Speaking of which, we will have. Mark Tompkin of the Tampa Bay times is going to join us tomorrow to talk about the moves that the Rays have made to talk about where he thinks some other teams are headed with, with, uh, there, you see what the Padres did by the way, my goodness, they just keep adding, they get Juan Soto. Um, and I understand why, I mean, they're playing in a division with the Los Angeles Dodgers. So there were some interesting moves in baseball. We'll talk to him all about that. We're still going to do a mailbag this week. You got time to get your questions in with all that happened with Brady kind of push that back an extra day. So you can do that by sending them to us on Twitter at Sports day TV. You can reach me on Twitter at Annabelle Stroud. My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Lots going on, obviously, with Tom Brady, with the Bucs. We'll be out there again to talk to all the particulars about that. For uh, Derek Sharp, I'm Rick Stroud at the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day, everybody.